Welcome back, fight friends, to the Shadow Fight Podcast. How is everybody doing today? It is Monday, February 19th here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And uh, normally I'd be having classes right now, but uh, it's family day here in, Al- I think, Alberta. I think it's provincial. Anyway, so what that means is we got the day off. And uh, in saying so, we spent some time with some my, with my family. Um, kids, uh, I'm sure it's Alberta. Maybe, yeah, it must be Alberta. Kids also have teachers' convention this week, so that means kids had... Uh, I, th- I think in Alberta, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today, Monday off. So it's nice. I got to spend some time with my cub, excuse me. And, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, you know, he didn't have school and I didn't have to worry too much about work and, and that kind of thing. So we had some good un- uninterrupted fun, went mini golfing and played video games, went to lunch, and shopping and all kinds of fun stuff. And then on the weekend, uh, me and the, f- I took the wife and the kid out to, uh, uh, Airdrie. And uh, I stayed in the hotel room for Sunday night into family day today. Cool part about that. I've never done that before, by the way. I've never had like a staycation in a hotel or anything like that. So it was really cool that once I left the hotel, I'm normally used to like uh, go to the airport and blah, 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 blah. Or it's like, oh, I got like a three, four, five, seventeen, whatever it is, hour drive. And you're like, dude, I'm home in 15 minutes. Yes, I can get on board with that. <laughs> So I, I had a great, fa- I, it, it felt like it went forever and that's, okay, or I felt like it went, it was a long, 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 extra long weekend is what it felt like, but not in a bad way. Just uh, filled it with family stuff because it was family day and family day long weekend. So hope everybody else had a good family day long weekend as well. Okay, guys, before we move on to the podcast, uh, I do just want to take a sec on a serious note here and give my deep condolences to family, friends, and teammates of Ashley AK-47 Nichols. From, I could be wrong, but from what I understand, or if I got this right, the most decorated female Muay Thai fighter in Canadian history. Possibly North American. I don't know that stat for sure, but either way, the fact that you can say it like that, I mean, if, if, you're, not, if you're not number one, you're, you're top three. It doesn't matter. Ashley Nichols was... You know, Canadian Muay Thai royalty. You didn't mention men or women Muay Thai in Canada without mentioning Ashley Nichols. She was, she was, she's one of the best female athletes on the planet. And uh, she's fought people like Iman Barlow, who I got to witness. So that was my, uh, I only got to meet Ashley Nichols one time. And that was when she fought Iman Barlow again, an, another top athlete in the world, unbelievably decorated. And, uh, that was uh, July 2017, if I have it right. And that's when Chris McMillan was making his pro debut. So we went out there. By the way, shout out to Mark McKinnon and Chad Sawyer, who were also out there traveling and fighting as well. And uh, uh, Ashley was the main event versus Iman for the Infusion World title. And Ashley lost by split decision in a fight that I was pretty certain she won. Um. A lot of people were feeling that way. No offense to Iman. I, she's great. Family's great. Shout out to Mark. Um, just just being honest. I, I thought I thought Ashley had that fight. In a great fight, by the way. And uh, so, you know, you, you go to a pub 
or the, we were at a little pub there, and uh, at the end of the night, we saw her, and, and at the time, I don't know if it was Coach or Cornerman, but Jeff Harrison, shout out to you, and, you know, what do you, what do you say, right? So you could tell that uh, they weren't having the best night at that table. But I still had to make sure at the end of the night I went over there and and said my thoughts. You know, Ashley, I I, th- I really did think you won. That was an unbelievable fight. And, you know, you could tell they were heartbroken. They're disappointed. How can you not be? And that was my that was my only interaction with Ashley, personally. But after news broke of her passing on February 13th, I... Uh, I just remember, I, I, man, like I, I knew who Ashley Nichols was to the Canadian Muay Thai scene and, 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 and beyond, and, and MMA, by the way. But when I saw people like, like I, I got it down here, Anissa Mexin, Tiffany Fansoust, Ashley Letourneau, Angela Hill, these people coming out like, oh man, I, I fought her, I fought her, I fought her, and oh, I looked up to her. As far as the Muay Thai community goes, man, what do you say, right? I only knew Ashley from the Muay Thai community. And she was the tip of the spear. You didn't mention Muay Thai in Canada without mentioning... I mean, I, I'm assuming it goes beyond. Maybe in the world. For sure, North America. Without a doubt, Canada. Maybe the world. It, 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 without mentioning Ashley Nichols. And uh, it, it's going to be a little awkward to move on from this part of the podcast. But I also wanted to make sure this came first. For what... for. What I've seen in you know the last while, what Ashley meant to obviously her friends and her family and her teammates, obviously the Canadian martial arts scene, the United States, North American martial arts scene, and beyond, beyond, and I'm not even kidding. Ku Summer Jim had a tribute. Infusion had a tribute. This was an international champion. And man, I guess to finish this off and to move on with the podcast, I would just like to say right out of the words of her former coach, Jeff Harrison, rest in peace, champ. Before I let you go and we move on with the podcast, let me hit you with a couple Ashley Nichols stats. According to tapology.com, these were, these were pound for pound, by the way, pound for pound. She was, num- she was pound for pound of number one of 64 active women in Canada. Pound for pound number one. One of 12 active fighters in Ontario. She was pound for pound number one of 58 of active fighters in New York City. Check this out. 21st pound for pound in nine, uh, out of 997 women in the U.S. What a stat. Pound for pound number one of 136 women in the Northwest USA and fourth pound for pound of 196 in the U.S. Midwest. And according to awakeningfighters.com, Ashley had a combined combat sports record, uh, a jiu-jitsu, boxing, MMA, anything, of 68 wins, 14 losses. Um, three-time world champion, if more world champ. And... Uh, Again, a, a uh, just a, just a, my condolences, my, my, my prayers, my positive thoughts and energy. A- anybody that had anything to do with one of Canada's best of all time, my heart goes out to you. Moving on. 
And I'm okay with it being a little awkward moving on. The least I could do is talk about Canadian martial arts royalty at the beginning of this podcast. It's the least I could do. Okay, moving forward. Today, we were going to break down both one championship shows that ha- happened, or at least the, the highlights of them. The Mike Miles event, uh, I, I, shoot, I wrote it down. Uh, oh, man. It, it was called Confrontation, but a, a Challenger Muay Thai series or something, I apologize. And uh, a little bit of UFC talk. I didn't get to hit that one, to be honest. But first, before we go anywhere, do me a quick favor. If you could hit me with a, a like on any of your social medias or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you want to go one step further, you want to share the podcast with a family family member, friend, or foe. Again, who knows? You share it with a foe. Foe becomes friend. Friend becomes family. Who knows? But it all starts with sharing the old Shout Out Fight podcast. And please remember, this is a five-star podcast. If, if wherever you're listening to this, uh, uh, you get 10 stars, 300 stars, make sure you just go all the way to the right. Light them all up. I'm going to be happy. You're going to be happy. Jay, you came in. And by the way, I tried to do this podcast earlier today. I forgot an SD card. Forgot my fancy lights. So it's family day. Nobody's out here in my, my old school parking lot that's out here. <laughs> Just my car. It's almost 8.30 on, on a family day Monday. That's five stars. Minimum. Minimum. <laughs> uh, and of course... In the words of my band, B-Kong, only the real, real ones subscribe. So do me a favor. Make sure you're a real one and subscribe to the old shout-out fight podcast. The old, the old, the old. I have no idea why I'm dropping those today. <laughs> a couple quick shout-outs before we uh, continue on here. I want to give a shout-out to KOK Muay Thai. I really appreciate you being patient with the shirts and everything, rocking them, and, and you ordered a lot, man. I really appreciate that. You can order them through me or through the website, www.arashido. Oh, I'm sorry, that's my gym. You can order the shirts from www.shoutoutpodcast.com. If you go to arashido.com, you might get to see my my bio from probably 15 years ago and maybe see pictures of my location. However, you're not going to be able to get a shirt. Shoutoutpodcast.com or get a hold of me. Uh, James Tyler. Um, James, James, uh, I've become, we've become friends, or at least I think of you as a friend. I hope the same. But uh, from the podcast... He messaged me. We started talking. He came to a fight card. He's friends with Vinny Shorman. That's my friend too, by the way. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome, man. It was awesome to see him. He comes in his shout-out podcast shirt. He's cornering a fighter. Uh, we had a phenomenal fight too. And uh, it's cool, man. Shout-out to you. Shout-out to Duvall as well, who was also in the crowd wearing a shout-out podcast shirt. Do you not have yours yet? Where are... Come on. Get with it. My closet is full of them. I need you guys to order these. Uh, now, and again, Duvall, I apologize. I didn't get to see you that day or on Saturday night. Um, yeah, at the, at the Mike Miles fight card. Shout out to my family as well. Just had a good family day long weekend. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, Sandra Bastian, again, w- one of Canada's most decorated winningest, um, I was going to say female. I don't even think I need to say that. Muay Thai champions, fighters coming out of this country. Um, we used to train together when I was like, 17. Not sure if you guys follow the podcast at all. I'm sorry. Of course you follow the podcast. If you follow the Instagram, uh, I posted a picture of me with some silly blonde hair from 130 years ago. And uh, Sandra Bastian is also in that picture. So shout out to you, Sandra. It was good to see you. Fighty friends. Eric Thankagen from Silverback Martial Arts. Phil Lear. Dimitri C. Ram Villardo. Uh, We had a a brief chat about him. And uh, he was the main event out at Rise of the Warrior. Hoping to get a podcast with him. He's got a great story and what he does with his life outside. But with fighting and outside of fighting, I, I promise that's going to be a good one. So we're going to hook up soon. Um, Taylor O, Alan Purvis, who fought at the Mike Miles fight card on the weekend. 
Rudy, Windsor Muay Thai, Grant G, my man Xander. For those on Facebook who have been maybe seeing my my friend Xander, he's uh he's from Uganda and like rural Uganda, from a very poor part of Uganda. And I've talked about him before. Um, I'm trying to teach him online, and he's sharing videos and stuff. You know, so love it, man. I love to see the drive and the passion and martial arts, baby. Love it. Okay, guys, we got some events coming up. February 24th, Exceed Muay Thai here in Calgary has a smoker event. And uh, I, I'm I'm sure it's, every, I mean, that's like this weekend. So I'm, I'm sure it's all, all raring to go. Oh, no. Yeah, this weekend. And uh, yeah, so go watch. Good luck to, I know, Bella, Beast Mode Bella from Arashido Martial Arts. There might be another one fighting, but go get her. March 9th, uh, the Palace Athena uh, women's MMA event and kickboxing K1 Muay Thai, I think I see. Um, I think that's happening. Yeah, in Calgary, Stampede Park, March 9th. And uh, I've seen, I've seen I see Steph Quiggs fighting on that. Sahez is fighting on that from Elite. Steph from Team Smandich. Uh I see Brenda Vargas is fighting from uh, Ontario, training under Eric Rocha. Shout out to both Brenda and Eric. I like those those people. Those people. I like them. Um... And I, 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 I think that's all I got right now. But anyway, man, the production that they put into those that fight card is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, also on March 9th. So yeah, again, Palace Athena. I'm sure you could visit the website. Awesome production, great show. Women only as well. I think it's a, a, a all women's fight card for International Fight. I'm sorry, International Fight Week. Uh, International Women's Day. I think I, I'm, I'm assuming that that that's how they're coordinating that, as well as another event. We'll get on it. Um, so also March 9th. Uh, uh, DMA slash LFM slash PFX. I believe that's three different gyms coming together. Are holding a national kickboxing tournament. Um, I believe if you... So again, DMA, LFM, PFX, national kickboxing tournament here in Calgary. And I think there's even just a, a QR code to sign up. I believe they have point fighting, like old school karate point fighting. I used to be good at that, by the way. Uh, light kickboxing medium kickboxing, and full contact. So if you're looking to put some boots to faces, get on it. Also March 9th, United Strong Women's Muay Thai Gala out in Airdrie at the Airdrie Martial Arts Center. And uh, I want to wish Kelly out of my gym good luck, training hard as always. And uh, she's got a tough fight ahead of her um, from somebody from Sandra's gym, by the way. But uh, um, awesome look. So there's, what, two, three, three events on the same day. Yeah, way to go, fighting. <laughs> and then um, we also have March 16th, branded fighting championship down to Lethbridge. And I see a friend of the show, Kate Clements, uh, will be the main event in that one versus Mexico. I know she tried that before, and uh, we sponsored her for that fight, by the way, but uh, her opponent got sick, like, very last minute. So either way, big fan of PFA, uh, Progressive Fighting Academy down to Lethbridge. Kate, um, always happy to cheer her on. And March 23rd, Real Deal Promotions in Edmonton. And uh, I still think they're looking for some some matchups for that as well. So contact, uh, I don't know if it's Jeet or Wolfhouse or Real Deal Promotions, to be honest. I think either one of those, you're probably going to be safe. Beyond that, upcoming, where am I at, the 23rd? I don't know. I mean, I do know about April 20th, the big Muay Thai World Cup. And of course, we'll break that down. I'm hoping we'll talk to Kieran, as always, but... Maybe some fighters as well. Okay. Let's move on, guys. So Saturday. Saturday night. I know there was also the UFC that went on, and it was a big one. Uh, Volkanovski and... Um, I, forget, I forget who the semi-main event was even. Anyway, who cares? 
Oh, yeah, it was uh, Henry Cejudo. But anyway, I decided to uh, take in some local Muay Thai at the uh, Deerfoot Inn and Casino here in Calgary. And by the way, I will always choose Muay Thai over UFC. And so that was a no-brainer. Challenger Muay Thai Series, Confrontation. That's what it's called. And uh, yeah, it was cool. So at Deerfoot Inn and Casino, what I used to consider my lowest point in my martial arts career of 377 years was I had a fight there in 07 versus Darren Snell. Shout out to Darren. Out of Mike Miles. Shout out to Mike Miles. Uh, where he had more wins than I even had fights. But I just decided, you know what? I want to fight in Calgary. And if this is how it's going to fucking go, then this is how it's going to fucking go. And I lost like 35 pounds because I just wanted to do it. And uh, I put my opponent on a pedestal. And uh, after I got dropped, I think round one, not bad. I just a flash knockdown. Um, but I did notice there was something wrong with my foot. And then in round two, I didn't know how to clinch, by the way. Thank you, Darren. That fight taught me to clinch. That, that, changed, that fight changed my life. And uh, anyway, I wasn't winning, but uh, I remember kicking. I was doing fine. I, I started to get the feeling, that, hey, man, this, this is just a dude. I, I can fight. We're, we're fine. Who cares if I lose? Anyway, round two, I, ended up, I kicked him so hard in the knee. Uh, you know, he, he half-checked, you know, leg kick, brilliant move. And uh, I kicked him so hard in the knee that I broke my foot, and I knew immediately that it was damaged. The second I, I stepped down, it felt like I had, like, like chicken wire wrapped around the top of my foot. And then right when I stepped down, somebody just tightened it as hard as I could. And I was in a lot of pain, man. I, I, uh, I looked like I had a three-quarters of a softball on the top of my foot. I booked a trip to Cancun a week after thinking, it's just a fight. It's three rounds. What the hell is, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, you end up in a cast going to fucking Mexico. But anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, the whole point of that story is I used to absolutely hate going into that room. Every time I thought of that room, I drove by that Deerford Indian Casino. I w- it made me angry. But I'm an old man now. Things are different. And so I was, uh, it, it was fun to be in there and, and think of that, to be honest. I was in there thinking that, and you're just like, yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. I got so much more important shit in my life going on. Who cares if I broke my foot and lost a fight? Big deal. <laughs> but anyway, at the time, it, it really was, uh, you know, the, low, the lowest of my low in, in martial arts. It's just fighting. Anyway, um, the Chrome Room... Great night of fights, man. It, there's not not a bad seat in the house. It's it's uh it's not the biggest venue. It's quite like private kind. And you're in the casino. Like there's the casino, and then there's the room. So you must go through the casino to get into this place. It's kind of it's cool, and uh, they have concerts and stuff there as well. So yeah, it was good. Not a bad seat in the house. And uh, for the first time, I got to just be a fight fan. I, I uh, you know I bought a ticket and uh, just kind of quietly went in and, and sat down and. It was awesome. I ran into so many people. Uh, David Rose, you know, shout out to you. Uh, and Melissa, shout out to you as well. Uh, Stephanie Quigg, Jay Davis, James Tyler. Um, friends from PFA and Lethbridge. Um, Trish. Um, there's a few more. But anyway, I, 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 I deliberately, I like... If I'm being honest with you, I don't like being a ticket. I do. I like being a ticket holder, but I like being amongst the people. I like being part of the show, being in the back, talking to people. You know, I, I like that. But I also just wanted to just 
put that away for a minute and sit down and watch some fights. And so I, I really got to do that. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, the Olsen boys. So Logan Olsen, he fought first uh, from PFA. And uh, his brother, Hunter, I think he was fight number seven right after the intermission. But I know of these fellas because of their dad. Their dad's an old school fighting legend from Canada, uh, Junior Olsen. And uh, one of the old school, old school dudes, you know, um, that I talked about quite a few podcasts ago when you talk about Gila Fantasy, Lyle Cheney, you know, Gary Vig, all these kind of guys. And uh, uh, so because I was friends with Junior on on Instagram and all that sort of stuff, I got to watch his kids grow up in high school and do their all their athletic stuff. And so now I, I first time I ever got to actually watch him fight live. And man, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of these fellas because now under under Muay Thai rules, so they fought Muay Thai, full Muay Thai, maybe. Maybe it wasn't the most technical Muay Thai I've ever seen in my life. So what? No, that's no shade at you fellas at all. But what I did get was a couple guys who fucking loved to fight. <laughs> they were happy to be there. When the bell rang, there was no dancing around and let's feel each other out. Like, we're here to fight, man. And you could sort of see their opponents were a little taken back by round one. Just like, holy shit, that was a storm. And, uh, you know, they... They just love getting into it. They love being scrappy. They want to fight. They want to spend some energy. They want to hit hard. They want to get hit hard. And they loved every minute of it, both of them. And uh, I can get on board with that, man. The crowd they were with was fun, and they were just just loving life. And uh, I loved it, man. I'm a big fan of those fellas. Uh, I just loved their whole attitude about the fight game. And just in general, I was sitting behind them, Logan in the meantime, before his brother fought. So um, I just got to listen and, you know, be part of their crew, and they were so fun. So shout out to Logan and Hunter Olsen. Both of you boys won your fights that, uh, that night, and uh, just loved the attitude, man. Loved the scrappiness, and it was Hunter, uh, you know, I just said, hey, I love this shit. <laughs> and you could really see it, so shout out to them. That was awesome. There was also, uh, I'm just trying to think here, I think it was the, oh, the main event, uh, Jarek Section from Team Smandage, versus Brandon. I'm sorry, but I don't have your name here. Oh, I, oh, shoot. I, I'm sorry, man. I'll give you a shout out. I promise, sir. I promise. Now, I'm going to be honest. I uh, I didn't get to watch this fight. Uh, I, my alarms went off at my gym, so I, my phone had a thing like, oh boy, got to run to the gym. Just the, the back door was open. So unfortunately, I missed the main event, but hey, nothing got stolen out of my gym, so I'm happy. Uh, I, hear, I hear it was a close fight. Um... Brandon won. Congratulations, man. He fought in the Muay Thai World Cup. Uh, so he's like, at least that I know of, coming out to Alberta, uh, 2-0 and from Winnipeg Kickboxing Muay Thai, by the way. Um, love to see him back out. Muay Thai World Cup is April 20th. I don't know if he's got a fight yet, but uh, making waves, man. And he's fighting good fighters and beating good fighters, by the way. So congratulations, Brandon, winning your main event there. I'm sorry about your last name. I'll, I'll get it, bro. I promise. I promise. Shout out for you. Next one. Uh, there was also Garrett South from Mike Miles, who fought, uh, I can't remember his name, but somebody from the Nolsey Academy, uh, home of Jonathan Haggerty, who we'll be talking about. And um, good hard clinch fight. That one went five rounds. I'm just trying, I'm trying to go through some fights here. David, and there's another one, buddy. I'm sorry, man. Jovanovich. I'm sorry, man. I'll get it. I promise. Uh, he had a good fight as well. Um, versus Airdrie Martial Arts was out there. They had... Uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, they, they had a couple of fighters as well, and they're they're hard nosed group out there. Um. Anyway, I, I had a lot of fun. 
it uh it was nice to go back and be uh be a fan again just sit down and you know have a rum and coke and just cheer people on i really enjoyed it 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 uh i think since i don't know i suppose since 07 since that fight i was just talking about myself i guess that was my th- only my third time going there in that room i could be wrong maybe it's fifth i don't know i'm an old man why don't even why do i even say that i got no idea but anyway it's a cool little room cool room for fights and concerts and all that good stuff so anyway uh, shout out to Mike Miles, uh, Lindsey Ray, who I saw in the corner. Fight time, like, uh, I just don't want to bug people. Like, you know, everyone's busy, especially now that I'm like, even when I am working at the Muay Thai World Cup, you know, I don't want to bug the fighters and the coaches. Like, I get to sit and talk in a suit, and the worst that happens to me is I sweat through my clothes. <laughs> but uh, you guys are fighting in your underwear up there, so I just try to kind of leave people alone. I do my job, get my homework done, and like, okay, you know, I'll let you do your thing. Because I recall coaching, when I was coaching and fighting, not that I had an incredible amount of fights, but I coached a lot, trained a lot, and I flippin' hated when people would interrupt you and, you know, you're on the job, we got shit to do here, right? So it drove me crazy. So I just kind of think of myself in that position. So when I go to be a fight fan, I think of the same thing, just, uh, hey, I'm, I'm just here to be a fan, I'm not here to interrupt anybody, get pictures, just good luck and I can't wait to be part of it. So anyway... Great fight card. On the same night, there was also uh, the UFC, but I don't really have much to talk about. I see that uh, Volkanovski got knocked out, and all I can see is uh, the sequence. That's the only thing I really care about. Like, I'm seeing all these funny stats. Well, that one was pretty crazy. Like, champions 35 and over, or is it fighters? Fighters or champions 35 years and over, under the 170-pound division, are one win and 22 losses. So it wasn't looking good for Volkanovski. But, uh, man, he was really going backwards and kind of lifting his chin or, or trying to lean out of the way. And Tapiria, um, beautiful combination, slip his head to the outside of the lead hand, uh, throw a body hook, you know, so for those who can't see me, just good luck. You know, you, you kind of slip, slip to the outside of the jab hand, orthodox versus orthodox, close the distance quick, throw a right body hook while you keep your your weight and your position on the outside of the jab hand and then come back inside over top with a left hook. So it's kind of hard to see because if, so if, if you think of it, if it's happening to you, right, you're, le- you're right-handed, so, so left leg forward versus the same guy and he drifts to your left and he starts coming close. So think of like having somebody by, you know, just your, your, your left arm it would be, just in general, their whole body's by your left arm. Well, there's not much going on on the right side of your body. So while you see a, a body, and again, this is all in a split second, on your left side of your body, you eat a right body hook to get that attention even more, but then you don't see the left hook coming from the other side because he's kind of at a 45-degree angle and then crushed him with a right hand and knocked out Volkanovsky out cold. Two in a row now. First was the head kick from Makachev and... uh and then this this one here. So it makes you kind of wonder, like, should he have gone to back-to-back fights so fast? Who knows? Probably not. But who, who the hell am I to say? I'm not his doctor. I've never even talked to the guy one time face-to-face. So it's just easy to say those kinds of things. But but also, good luck job to... I thought the body position of Tuperia was perfect. Um, I, I wonder if that was the game plan and uh, very smart. So nothing against... Might have had nothing to do with Volkanovsky being knocked out or he wasn't his same or, you know, he was sick at... 
why take that away from Tuperia? Maybe it was him. Maybe it was him that came out and did his job. So, awesome. And then other than that, I see uh, Marav Devishvali uh, beats Henry Cejudo. And, uh, you know, the only thing that's embarrassing is Henry Cejudo was, you know, such a dominant champion. And Marab puts him on his shoulder like a kid and carries him across the cage. And you can see, you know, Cejudo ah, fighting like a kid. I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh or make fun of the guy, but it was pretty embarrassing, man. And uh, so that's it. That's it for Henry Cejudo. Um, um, but what, do you, what do you call that? Objectively, arguably, the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Who knows? But uh, anyway, so there, there was your UFC um, talk. All I really care about was the uh, Volkanovski fight. I didn't see that coming, man. I, I really thought, uh, I thought he was going to starch him, but other way around. Okay, moving on. We have one fight night number 17 on Prime in the main event. The one bantamweight Muay Thai world, uh, world championship belt on the line. Defending his title, Jonathan Haggerty, 27 years old. Happy birthday, by the way. It was his birthday yesterday. Five foot seven, 23 wins, four losses, 16 KOs, seven and two in one championship. Only two losses to Rotang. And uh, Felipe Lobo, I don't have too much, but from Brazil, 30 years old, 22 and eight, and he's two and two in one championship. So watching this fight initially, I was at home by this time. And I remember, well, obviously what I remember is uh, uh, Lobo putting hands on uh, Haggerty, and then Haggerty gets hit in the body, and you can see those abs just tense right up. And then uh, uh, he man, he and then he eats. He gets cracked in the neck side of the head, whatever. And he's sitting on the rope taking an A count. And I just remember thinking, like, like it's it's one of those ones where like you stop hearing things. You're so focused that instead of being like, oh my god, you're 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 the opposite. You're more like, oh my god, oh my god, like like golfing. Like, this, this is really gonna happen. This is really happening. <laughs> like, like you just you just get so like like pull everything down. Oh, is this really gonna happen? <laughs> and uh, man, that's how excited I get. I don't know about you, but that's how excited I get. And then Haggerty comes back with a vengeance. Round two, man. That might that might be the round of the year, and it's only February. That was, <laughs> but actually, there was another fight earlier. We can talk about round of the year. But anyway, um. So Haggerty just just unloads round two. Both these guys did. And then finally, the end of round three. Um, oh, no, I think it was round two as well. Haggerty drops Lobo, and then round three launches a right-hand missile, and that's it. Fight's over. Like, holy cow. And, you know, champions always find a way to win. Boom. That's it. I know Haggerty wasn't impressed with his performance. Ah, I got, you know, and he, he got more lumped up than we're used to, to, to seeing. But... Uh, Hey, they can't all be valedictorians, and sometimes that's just the way it goes. Now, I decided, because again, I'm such a fight fan, let's rewatch this fight with the sound off. So a couple things I noticed. So right away in round one, and I did notice this live in the fight, Jonathan Haggerty seems to be tagging the legs of Lobo. Like, he's really going after them. And I, I wonder if I would say that Lobo, at least with the, the, the concussive snap in his punches, is probably above average. Um... So maybe knowing he's going to be punch heavy, I wonder if that was the game plan. Let's attack those legs because he's going to be planted. He's going to he's going to be long in his stance, trying to wing some hands. So let's rip apart those legs. So, and I did notice that, and that is what happened in round one. Lobo quite 
quite long stance and uh, uh, looking to throw those hands. And I'll tell you what, man, he can hit to the body. Holy cow. He threw throughout the whole fight maybe seven or eight times. Right body hook, left body hook. Bang, bang, really hard. By the way, shout out to Chris McMillan who set up a, set up a head kick KO using that combination as well um, versus Kyle Nelson out in Halifax. So that was pretty impressive. And then it, it happened again, right? Uh, let me see here. So then I just wrote a couple things down. So round two, uh, you could see in between rounds, Lobo's corner, they're, they're begging for that left body hook, uh, especially after dropping Haggerty. Um, a, hurting him to the body and then, and then clipping him in the, the side of the head, neck, ear kind of thing. And uh, so anyway, so round two, you can see their corner. Hey, man, get down to that, that body. But Haggerty now knows he's down one round, five-round fight because it's a title fight. And uh, he's, he's all over Lobo, like flies on shit. Like, he's giving him no space. And uh, uh, I, I thought that, and I don't, know, I don't even know if it was a good idea, to be honest, but I, I started picking up, and again, only when the volume's off and I get to rewatch it, not so excited, that Haggerty was trying to time um, Lobo's left body hook with his left head hook. I don't, I don't know. That seems like a bit of a lottery to me, you know? Like, especially when you've already been hurt to the body. And, 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 in more fights than just that one as well. So, but you could see that, that, that he was trying that anyway. And, uh, and then again, round two, these guys were just trading stiff jabs. Like they were both eating them. And then you could see Haggerty. He's, he's a champ for a reason, uh, faking the jab, start fake the jab, try to get a reaction or try to launch into the, his uh, straight, right. And he gets a lot of distance with his right hand, overhand, right and straight, right. Um, but I also thought that, so I, I thought in round two, it became a little apparent to me, that in the chaos, Lobo's got his hands down. He's kind of abandoning his stance and, you know, just biting down and going for it. And Haggerty, although kind of doing the same, I thought was was trying to find or, or, or put on his thinking cap, download information, as a lot of people like to say, in, in the chaos. And so he was consistently coming out of the better end. Now, there were some good exchanges. Don't get me wrong. In round two, Lobo... But it was it was all hands, all hands from Lobo, and and he he had a few good exchanges where he he clipped Haggerty a few times, but it just felt like it just felt like uh, right as things were maybe gonna shift a little too heavy in Lobo's favor, Haggerty would pick it up and really take over the exchange, and sometimes even spin him in his own. He's getting beat up in the corner. Haggerty is from Lobo, and he spins Lobo in the corner while they're exchanging, like. I don't, is that teachable? I guess, but, but the kind of poise and confidence and, and IQ you got to have to be able to do that in that chaos is pretty intense and uh, super impressive, obviously, obviously, obviously. And then, uh, round three, uh, was the end of, was the end of it for, uh, Lobo. Uh, Haggerty did a good job left inside low kick. And then just as Lobo was coming in to counter his hands, Haggerty throws a straight right down the pipe. And uh, he's kind of looking down at Lobo, taunting him. And uh, uh, he kind of had a feeling it was over, and it was. The ref stepped in, stopped the fight, and you're defending uh, Muay Thai World Champion. You're defending Bantamweight World Champion, Jonathan Haggerty. So a couple things about this fight. So again, let's let's 
we can talk about this. It doesn't have to mean anything, but Hegarty gets dropped to the body or hurt to the body again. Now, who the hell am I to say? But you hear a lot of people, and I think Liam Harrison, I mean, he said it on several podcasts, including this one, episode 100. I can't reach the thing. Yeah, woo, yeah, yeah. Episode 100. Um, you can't have a shell. Like, you can't play that game in, in one championship. If you have a shell, you're going to get clipped. And Haggerty was really on the shell. And so, and he does have a very high guard, which is beautiful, by the way. I mean, his stance switching is beautiful. His guard's beautiful. But you wonder, is, is, that, is that what's doing it? Like, you know, his, so his elbows are high. His hands are tight to his head, which is allowing opponents to come in, which allows you to really dig into the body and to the head, which Haggerty ate a few of. I don't know, but I would say from what I can recall, I don't remember another fight per se where I saw a guy in, in four-ounce gloves, one championship, I guess, specific, just shell up like that, like straight, like Muay Thai shell, you know, with like kind of big glove style. And it did catch my attention. So anyway, I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but it, it definitely allowed Lobo to get inside the right body hook and left body, body hook. That combination, he had to have landed seven, eight times in that fight, by the way. But uh, boy, just a slobber knocker. Fight of the year, round of the year, who knows? But woo, boy, that was fun. Congratulations, Jonathan and General Haggerty. So then you think, oh man, I can't wait for the mic. He's going to get on the mic. And then he calls out Andrade for his MMA belt. Wop, wop, wow, 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 wow. Um, let me just talk about me personally. I guess if you're the champ, you're Jonathan Haggerty. You're one of the, the most recognizable faces in combat sports at the moment. Maybe you can do whatever you want, but. You haven't had an MMA fight. How do you go right to the title? Shouldn't you have to have one or two in there? Maybe, maybe, or I don't know. But I don't want to see that fight whatsoever, man. Look at who Jonathan Haggerty is. Look at who he's beat in his in his very short professional career. And then look at the matchups who are next. Uh, now, we hear Nico Carrillo, and he keeps talking, trying to call out Haggerty. And Haggerty will not put he will not mention Nico. Um, I wonder if that's on purpose. Like they're, they're trying to keep, I wonder if one's trying to keep them quiet, you know, like guys, guys, listen, you're going to be fighting in the UK. Let's not get this going right now. Just, just keep it quiet, you know, and uh, we'll figure it out. I, I wonder because on the same note too, you, you hear Liam Harrison's like, he wants to fight sex or he's going to retire. And, you just don't, the only mention you hear of it is Liam. But I wonder if it's the same situation. Like, you know, almost like they're playing possum here. Like, Liam keeps saying, hey, man, I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to retire. So we're all worried. No, don't do it. Don't do it. And, you know, I wonder if he's just kind of fishing a little bit. And then all of a sudden, bang, we see it. Oh, it's happening. Oh, they did it. Can only hope. Listen to me going WWE style here with one championship, eh? But <clears throat> anyway, so Haggerty calls it on George for the MMA belt. I don't want to see it. I don't care whatsoever. When you have things like Akimoto, right? I can't remember his first name. Uh, Hiro? Uh, Akimoto, a former kickboxing champ. And uh, in one, and I think that'd be a great fight. Kickboxing title versus uh, Jonathan Haggerty. Now, Akimoto lost it from Pet Tatong, I believe, Pet Fergus, who's on a suspension. <laughs> it's hilarious, but <laughs> whatever. Um, 
So then I guess that was vacant. Yes. So then Andrade and Haggerty fought for the vacant belt. So there you go. Anyway, so I'd love to see Akimoto fight Jonathan Haggerty kickboxing. I think that'd be a great fight. There's also Superlek. You can see that there's rumblings there. It sounds like Chachery and Superlek will really want to crack at uh, another crack at Jonathan Haggerty. Uh, Haggerty has been stopped in the past. Was that 2017 or 2018? He was stopped by Superlek. But a lot has happened between 2018, 17, and today. So who knows? But both these guys have just gone absolutely skyward with everything. Fame, fights, knockouts, championships. Um, I'd love to see super like Jonathan Haggerty. I'd love to see, yeah, yeah. Go watch that fight. It was on a Yo Cow show. It's, it, it was an old one, but, you know, if you, if you want to see at the time or if you have an idea how they match up, go watch that fight. Now, there's also Rod Tang. I know they talked about a trilogy. I always think of it as how a trilogy should kind of have to be if you're one in one. If you're 0-2, what the hell's the point, personally? At least, I don't know. It, I just don't think it's... I would not... I don't want to see that fight. Rod Tang... I don't know. There's so many other fights for Rod Tang. He's pulled out. He's done the whatever. I'd like to see Rod Tang fight Superlek again. Five rounds for the title like it was supposed to be. But Superlek came in overweight. And of course, Nico Carrillo. Um, I'd like to see that fight. Now, before this fight, I, I the last podcast, I did say that I think Carrillo, I think Haggerty loses to both Superlek and Nico Carrillo. But I said that uh, I was the, I was less confident in in Haggerty losing to Carrillo than I was Superlek, because uh, I, I do I do find from what I've seen that Nico Carrillo is a little bit lumbering you know he's he's a big dude he's gonna he's coming to get you and Haggerty's you know I think I last time or last podcast was talking about the merengue you know he's just gonna dance around everywhere but if you're gonna shell up the way he did at least on the weekend maybe I don't know if that was the game plan it doesn't matter as they say you're only as good as your last fight so when you take the last fight and you put Nico Carrillo in there I'm more confident that Nico Carrillo wins not all the way not like super like still but a little bit more so Either way, I'd love to see that. So I'd love to see Haggerty fight Akimoto for the kickboxing title, Superlek for his Muay Thai world title. I have no interest in Rotang rematch at, at this point. Or Nico Carrillo. And uh, not, not Andrade for MMA. Don't, don't go to MMA. I, I'm not going to support it. I, want, I refuse to watch it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure I will, but don't. 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 <laughs> I get it from his point of view. You get to see you're a three-sport world champion, maybe the first ever, or is Stamp there? Maybe it's Stamp. I can't remember. It might be Stamp. Anyway, um, I get it for your own legacy. It just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> That's the important part, right? <laughs> so anyway, there you go. Uh, and then Felipe Lobo, what does he do next? I'll tell you what, man. I think it'd be kind of fun to see him fight Alaverdi Ramazanov. He's ranked a little bit higher um, ranking doesn't really seem to matter. Um, what about uh, Nabil Anan, who uh, Superlek absolutely destroyed? Um, maybe Ferrari Fairtex. So there's a couple good fights out there for him, but I'd like to see him fight Alaverdi Ramazanov. I know he had a suspension or whatever for getting in Haggerty's face. Was that the last fight or the fight before that? I don't know. So Felipe Lobo, um, man, Demolition Man, and for sure, that is his nickname. His hands are something else, but Ooh, buddy. Okay, that was a fun one. How about you guys? Let me know. Who do you want to see Haggerty fight?
Maybe maybe it is Andrade. I don't, uh, you know, that you get to choose. That's your choice. Anyway, and then in the semi-main event, we had Semipet Fairtex. This is a rematch versus Mohamed Rabah. And I keep making fun of that whole fight. You know, uh, Mohamed knocks down Samapet and then, you know, decides 15, well, once everyone's left the stadium, they went home, they're having, a, they're having their eight hours of sleep. That he decides to go knee him in the face then. <laughs> Just joking. But uh, obviously, 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 Samapet Fairtex, Thailand, 29 years old, five foot eight, 126 wins, 20 losses. And uh, versus, uh, oh, by the way, his last five were, Mohamed Rabasso twice because this was the rematch. Gaunar Fairtex, uh, Julio, nope, um, Felipe Lobo, and Riti Wada. And it went in this order, his last five, including uh, Rabah. Win, loss, win, loss, win. All by knockout. Win by KO, lost by KO. Win by KO, lost by KO. Win by KO. And uh, Mohamed Rabah from Algeria, Algeria, 26 years old, training out of Venom Muay Thai, I believe that's what it was. Six foot two, my goodness, super tall. 14 wins and now one loss. And uh, uh, both his one championship fight. So he's only had two fights and one championship, and they're both against Samapet. So big set of balls, man, to enter enter one championship versus Samapet. So y- y- you got to wonder if... Uh, so by the way, uh, Rabah... If you look at uh, the weigh-ins, uh, he was crying, and he 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 was at the la- the last second to weigh in, and uh, so he came and weighed in and was crying at the end, like he barely made it. And he's so tall; that's got to be a tough cut. But uh, makes sense. People are like, why is he crying? Who cares? But I was reading that apparently he was very ill, like that day, the night before, throwing up. Like he was very sick. Not that it really matters because uh, hands of stone or hands of semipet, <laughs> man, really, really calm. And then he, Semipet, I mean, he's in good shape. Thai boxing champion, by the way, so he's got hands to throw. And uh, boy, he uncorked a left hand just so fast, didn't telegraph it or nothing, and uh, caught Rabah and knocked him down right away. And uh, yeah, and, and again, like happened right away, and the fight was over. Like, I don't know if that fight went 30 seconds. So I'd love to know what Semipet was thinking up leading up to that fight just before punching him and knocking him down, you know, like, I wonder if that was part of the plan. Anyway, I'd, I'd love to know, but, uh, I've been hearing uh, also rumors. I think it was just on Twitter X or whatever you want to call it now that a lot of people are wanting to see Carrillo fight Samapet Fairtex. Um, I get it. You know, it, it, Samapet's like, he's always like ranked number one, ranked number two, like he's on the doorstep. And then, you know, he got knocked out by, you know, Lobo and, uh, you know, he's just always on the doorstep. So it sounds like people want Carrillo to have one more before he fights for the title. And I could I could probably, I don't know, man. You knocked out Nongo. You knocked out Mung Tai right before that. I get where people are coming from. Like, you know. But anyway, I, I do think that would be a good fight. I just, I just don't know who's going to stop Carrillo at the moment. Unbelievable. And, uh. I also feel like, I don't know, not that Samapet's a gatekeeper. Like, that that's usually, it's like calling somebody a journeyman. Nobody wants those terms as fighters. But, like, it feels like Samapet is a gatekeeper in the true sense of it. Like, if you can get past Samapet, well, look at Lobo, uh, Felipe Lobo. He got past Samapet. He got to fight for the world title. Um, did, Now, did I write down his last few? So, I don't know if he had a fight or so in between there. Let me see. 
Gaonar, Super Boss, Aja. Oh, that's the wrong guy. Wrong Lobo. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? But anyway, you get the idea. So, I mean, Semipet is very good. I think he might be ranked. I don't know. I'm sure it's top three, but it it, it sort of feels like he's like a true respectful gatekeeper. You know, if, if you can get Sema, if you can get past Semipet, you're in title contention. Anyway, good to see Semipet win that one. Danny, and we had an MMA fight. Danny Williams versus Lido Adiwang. We've talked about Danny Williams before. Mini T. He fights kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA, and he's fighting the best of the divisions as well. And man, listen, he uh, he's a barn cat, man. He gets he's he's a scrappy. He he wants a good fight. He gets lumped up, but he never quits. But I gotta tell you, man, that guy takes some hard ass fights and uh, doesn't think anything of them. It's pretty darn impressive. Uh, sorry, guys. I, I tell you what, I wrote some stuff down. I ripped some papers out. And what a mess. What a mess. Just making sure I get everything here, guys. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, Lito Adiwan comes away with that one. Great fight um, for MMA anyway. Just so fast that Lito Adiwan, I, I don't know much about him, but uh, my goodness, dropped uh, Mini T a few times and just crazy fast. His angles are something else. And then we had... Uh, also, we had Lethal Liam Nolan from the UK training at a Nolsey Academy, 26 years old, six foot two, 22 wins, eight losses, and he's four wins, three losses, and one championship. Roar Combat World Champion, as well as, I think, another international or something like that title. I can't remember a decent, decent one. Um, his last five were uh, uh, Nazet, who we just fought, Ali Aliyev, Eddie Abasolo, Sinsamut, and... Uh, Kim Kyung Lok versus Nazet Trujillo. So, if you remember in the last podcast, I didn't have I didn't have a, a lot of info on this guy. I didn't really know anything about him. But uh, 34 years old from Spain, five foot 11, 49 wins, 10 losses, and he's one in one in one championship. His last fight was a loss to Rung Ravi, which was Sit, uh, Sit Song Pinong, which was his one championship debut. But he's also fought uh, like RWS tournament champ uh, uh, Tanen Chai. Uh, UK star Josh Hill, you know, like he he's he's not new to fighting the the top of the top. Um, anyway, but but fairly new to me. So, uh, if I remember, I wanted to try to watch this one before this podcast. I rewatch it again. But uh, uh, interesting matchup. Uh, now is that really? Well, uh, I think it was, I can't remember what round, but Liam Nolan tried to throw, I believe it was, so he's southpaw, Liam Nolan tried to throw a lead elbow, but instead just, I think that's maybe a hook, right hook. But uh, either way, Nazet did a good job of timing, um, stepping inside to a drop elbow and just crushed him on the nose. I think broke it. But Liam Nolan was getting a little busted up um, from Nazet. And... Um, I'm trying, I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to be that, I'm not, I'm trying not to be a dick, like, like not on purpose either, but it feels like since the low, since the knockout from Sinsumut to Liam Nolan, Liam has been very gun shy. Like he has all the, all intention. Like he, he, he gets just into range and you can see, ah, oh, he just decides not to pull the trigger. Um, and, and I thought it was kind of telling, who knows? Like, again, I'm only... Just from patterns and what I know of history of being in the sport and being the biggest fight fan you've ever met and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, I thought it was a little bit telling, possibly. I don't really know. But in between, I don't know what round it was. In between rounds, I could hear Christian Nolsey. You can. Everybody can. You can rewatch it. Telling Liam, you have to believe in yourself. I believe in you. I don't know anything about Liam. I know he's a fucking stud from people that he's fought to people that he's trained with and sparred who I know personally who can confirm that. But it it just sounds like when that's that's your hurdle, like the the mental part of fighting, you know, belief in yourself and 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 extreme confidence in yourself, and that's a freaking big hurdle, you know. It it can it can obviously be overcome. Liam isn't a world champion and doesn't get to one championship because he doesn't believe in himself. But it it, it I just feel like it's one of those th- things where if you don't have to, if you don't have to worry about the I'm 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 as as I'm as rough as as you could make this as basic as you could make this. Um, when you don't have to worry about the the mental side of your fighter, you know about their confidence, their belief, their whatever, you, you know their emotions. It just it it de- it definitely makes a, a trainer coach's job easier. That it's a fucking big hurdle to try to get over that that mental thing. But believe me, I know. Um, as I've, I've mentioned so many times in the past in the podcast, I didn't have it, and I I knew that when I was younger. What that it it takes to be a fighter? I'm plenty tough. I can, well, I don't know. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But you know what I mean. I, I'm plenty tough. I I I'm whatever. I've been doing this a long time. But the it the it thing, and it, it, it the the mental part. It's uh it's a big hurdle. You can always, you can get over it and, and you know, it, it takes a lot of work. Um, but I, I just thought that maybe that sentence was a little telling as to why uh, maybe Liam has been gun shy his last couple fights. So anyway, I'm sure he'll get on, on the right track. He's a phenomenal fighter. He's in great shape and he had a very quick rise. That might be part of it too. He had a very quick rise and uh, um, who knows, man, but definitely, definitely, Always wanting to see him back. He's a great fighter. I love watching him hit pads. His left kick is something else. Um, now you think of Nazet Trujillo. What's next for him? Maybe he should fight Sinsumut. You know, that that makes the most sense to me. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe somebody like uh, Abasolo or, or uh, you know, Luke, Luke Deschef, that kind of thing. Sorry, guys, got to hang now. Um, but anyway, speaking of which, very next fight, Luke Lisi. The chef, 27 years old, six foot two, seven and one as a pro now, uh, TBA champion because I saw him. Uh, Triumph Muay Thai champ. I'm sure there's some more in there. I just couldn't find any info. Versus Eddie Abasolo, 37 years old, five foot ten, 14 wins, six losses, and uh, he's one in three in one championship. And uh, WBC Nai Kanom Tom champ, WBC champ, WMC champ, and triumphant uh, uh, Triumph uh, Muay Thai world champion. Uh, so silky smooth, Eddie Abasolo, uh, man, he's got such a crazy style. It's so elusive. It's so different. It's so, you think of it as like, and he's got so many highlights too, man. Like there's one where orthodox versus orthodox. He uses his back leg to to, to sweep the guy's uh, left leg. And as he's off balance, he goes from using his right leg coming forward, putting it back to his stance, and then spinning the other way with a back spinning elbow and just making Buddy look terrible. Like he mangled him, took an eight count, if not knocked him out. Um, all the videos you see of that, it never goes far enough to see the result. But <laughs> but 
man, he he's like all the tricks, you know, like he he's a his toolbox is unbelievable. He can just do it all. He's so evasive. Um, and Luke Lisi, uh, I thought very similar to be honest, like kind of a similar style. And I I wanted to see this fight. This was a big fight for American Muay Thai, and I agree, it was. Is this the first American versus American fight on one championship outside of North America? Like, I think I think that's great. And I tried to say that. I think it's a great matchup. It's very interesting. I think it's an uh, interesting time in both guys' careers that this match happens. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it lots. And whether it was Instagram or Twitter, man, people were shitting all over it. Oh, these guys are disgusting. This is going to be a disgusting fight. Like, okay, they don't have the foot tap down and the swagger and everything, but... You know, to say it's going to be disgusting is is ridiculous. So, anyway, it, um, I watched that fight at the gym. The sound was off because there's people all over. I was going to take video. There's everybody was piled around the TV watching, and I couldn't really hear. And of course, people are talking to you and all that. So, in saying that, I thought Eddie Abasolo won. I thought Luke wasn't busy enough. Like there there was long stretches there where I was wondering if he was hurt. Like what happened? Like why aren't you firing back? And you consistently hear the commentators of one championship. Um, shout out to Gianni Suba, by the way. I really like him as a commentator. You know, they're consistently saying, you got to show excellence. You have to show you want to win. You got to show aggression and all that kind of thing, right? Uh, so just kind of thinking of that, I, I kind of assumed Eddie Avasolo would win. But uh, good fight, man. Good fight by both guys. Um, congratulations to both fellas. It was a great fight. And that's really what you want to put on display, right? Um, for the masses who are, A, excited for an American Muay Thai matchup on one championship, or those, you know, bashing you. you, you I thought it was great. Uh, you do wonder, though, with Eddie Abasolo, with that such elusive style, uh, relying on your your timing, your head movement, and, and reaction, like, at 37 years old, that's got to go away. I don't want to say soon, but you think it's got to, man. Like, in my opinion, at coming from a 400-year-old man, 41, really. But, like, that's the shit that leaves first. You know, your reaction time. And, man, he's, it's still on point. But but uh, I, would, I would imagine that with that kind of a style, once it leaves, I would imagine that's, that's probably going to be it. But in the meantime, man, he is not left. He looks great. And uh, congratulations to both fellas. Where do they go from here? I'll tell you what. The way Luke fights... So far, no, he had no, that's not right. He had a hell of a fight with Joe, but when you think of the like a lot of the Iranian fighters, the no, no, well, maybe Uzbekistan and Russia, like, um, the Eastern, Eastern European fighters as well, they're not going to let you play that dance. They're like, they're coming for you. And I'd like to see Luke have a matchup against someone like that, um, just to see how he can do with that sort of relentless aggression, power punching you know, it's, it's pretty, it, it, it's not typical, but you know what I mean? Like it tends to go with Eastern European style of fighters. Um, so I'd like to see him match up against someone like that. Eddie Abasolo. I don't know, man. Like the guy's got some phenomenal wins across the world. He beat David Penampi down in Mexico. Uh, you know, champ, like at 37, I, I don't know. I'm not saying he should be done, but I, I just like, I don't, I don't know um, where he would go from here, but either way, 
Luke, I mean, Luke's 27 years old. You know, he, he's not the youngest cat out there either. So anyway, either way, that was a great fight for American Muay Thai. Good, entertaining fight. I said it might look like breakdancing or something out there. Like these guys are going to be whiffing like crazy, but no, it, was, it was a hell of a fight. And then uh, to open the show, we had the return of Tong Poon, who lost his fight. He got dropped or knocked out to uh, Ellis Barboza, who uh, maybe got suspended for getting caught with something naughty, naughty. But uh, Tong Poon did say, man, I, I didn't understand how he could keep the energy. And if anything, he kept pouring it on. I didn't understand. And kind of referring maybe to a little something, something. Uh, what else do I got written down here, guys? Sorry. Ah, yes. And then, by the way, fun little fact. Friday, if you were, if you watched the, uh, Friday was a double Lobo main event. The morning card, if you're in Calgary, had Julio Lobo and, uh, the nighttime main event, Felipe Lobo. Both from Brazil, I'm pretty sure not related. But anyway, in the main event, Coolab Dam, left meteor right. Left meteor right. Great nickname. 25 years old, five foot eight. 70 wins, 25 losses, 5 draws, and he's 7-3 in, in one championship. He, uh, in 2018 and 19, uh, won the Lumpini Championship as well as Thailand Championship. Uh, he fought Tyson Harrison. I got a little star here. So if you remember, Tyson Harrison's a big Australian fella, and he, uh, 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 Kulabdam hit him, and uh, all of a sudden Tyson just stops kind of fighting. Like He's doing nothing, and it's like something had to have happened. And then in between rounds one and two, he's gone. He leaves the ring, and Kulab Dam's the winner. He, Tyson couldn't answer the bell, and he's not standing in the ring. So you think, man, something, and his face was really swelling too. So you think, oh, my God, something bad happened. And it did. The, it, it, Tyson says right after on his Instagram, the first punch he took in the gut, he shit himself. <laughs> oh, man, on, like, international TV. So how terrible. Like, but what do you do? Like, you can't fight, man. Like... Listen, if I had to fight you and you had shit running down your leg, you can win by TKO, bro. We're not going there. <laughs> uh, he's fought Mung Tai four times, Tao Chai three times in a row, lost all three by decision. Uh, he lost by, uh, he, he fought Nung Lung Lek, who I really like quite a few times, Samapet, and Sexani beat. Um, against uh, Julio Lobo at a Phuket Fight Club, you see him quite a bit on, on those videos. 29 years old from Brazil, 5 foot 11, 58 wins, 26 losses with 31 knockouts. And in 2021, he became the Omnoy Stadium champion. In 2018, the Toyota Marathon champ. And he's fought uh, Gaunar, who he knocked out, Super Bowl, Sajad Satari, who we'll talk about in a sec. He's fought Shadow, Sigma Win, or maybe he's got a new name now, four times. Savas Michael, Pakorn, and Sanchai. So, yeah, it, it uh, um, Julio Lobo takes hard fights, like the hardest fights. I mean, he, he he's I mean he's main eventing one championship, so he's where he should be. But definitely, when you're 58 wins, 26 losses, you have a mixed record, and it's fine. Nobody cares in Muay Thai. Um, and you know when you look at Kulab Dam, 70 and 25. I mean, not not so much better, but uh, oh man, Kulab Dam was just all over Lobo, and uh, round one. Knocked him down. I believe it was punches as well. Oh, man. Yeah. What, what, what am I thinking? I was thinking that too. Like, was it, I can't remember if it was a body cross. I'm sure it was, or just his overhand left, but his left hand was in left meteor right, man. He was really throwing it. And it caught Lobo, um, took a knockdown, got up a little wobbly, and then hit the deck again. Fight was over. So, uh, Kulab Dam wins. And 
Um, I know. I also hear people talk about they want Kulib Dam to fight somebody, maybe that sort of little fighter's square that we were just talking about there. But yeah, Kulib Dam's a bad man, and there's so many good fights out there for him. All right, and then uh, another mentionable that we had was uh, uh, Kalkali. Um, and Kalkali versus Chalawan. So who are these people? I don't really know either. I'm going to be real. Um, on this fight card, I really only recognized, for the most part, Kulib Dam, his opponent, Lobo, and Shadow, Shadow Single Win, who made his debut from from the RWS. So he was the champ, not this season that just went, but the one before that. And... uh well, let's talk about it real quick. So he, he made his debut over at one championship, and he lost. There's clearly an adjustment that has to happen. Sajad, Satari, same thing, RWS over to one championship. And they look awkward. There's clearly an adjustment to the rule set and then the four-ounce gloves. And uh, anyway, so so Shadow, uh, Shadow did not win that fight. I think he got dropped even. He, he definitely did once or twice, but um, came back, tried to fight hard to win, but ended up losing a decision. And the only thing I, he was so, I called him an, he was one of the apex predators of RWS. And I, uh, I just didn't want him, like everybody was excited to see him go to one championship and me too, but I just didn't, I don't want him or didn't want him, don't want him to get lost in the shuffle. I liked, I liked that there was a couple, you know, kings of RWS that they really put on a pedestal there. So I didn't, I don't, I, I didn't, and I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle of uh, one championship, man. There's cards every week. There's a lot of fighters, you know. It's When you have week after week of fight, it might be easy to be forgotten unless you're standing, uh, um, you know, standing out with someone like Haggerty, right? Or Carrillo or whatever. Anyway, you guys have to watch this fight. It's these fights right here that I'm just going to say that it, uh, if you if you claim to be a fight fan... How the hell are you not watching these fights on Friday morning? At least in Calgary where I'm at. Like, oh, I can't. I'm at work. Well, you can watch them later. Like, you can just watch them on YouTube. It's the highest production. It's live. It's every Friday. Anyway, Kaukulai versus Chalawan. Kaukulai from Thailand, 25 years old, 5'3", 39 wins, 16 losses, and he's 2-3 and three in one championship. Uh, his second and his sec- second or third time fighting Chalawan now? And uh, Chala won 30 years old, five foot six, 109 wins, 27 losses in one championship. So I'm trying to remember. Okay, so Kaukali, short, stocky dude, man. I can't, I can't remember. Somebody's won twice or something. This is their third fight. And Kaukali was all over Chala won. I think it was round two and round one and two. Drops Chala won twice. And like, Chalawan's doing a good job. He's he's orthodox of trying to like, like, move his head with way more than you're sort of used to seeing because he was put in the corner and uh, Kalkali was all over him, and uh, you can see that the game plan looks to be, um, sort of slip or dodge, the jab, to the right and try to f- uh, fire a right hand after. Move your head to the right, fire right hand coming back, and then he got clipped and dropped twice. And I mean. Uh, there was one that looked like he got shot, and funny enough, he just gets right back up. It was amazing, <laughs> and, and uh, the crowd was going crazy. This is this is one of those fights in one championship uh, that are like memorable for life. Anyway, and uh, in the end, Chalawan, who looked like he was in trouble for the whole damn fight, ends up knocking out Kalkali, and it was it was one of those crazy comeback fights, and. Just so exciting to watch 
and and again, so I've said this before. You think that's not real Muay Thai, there. You know, it's not it's not real Muay Thai. And oh, the four ounce gloves, and oh, it's it's you know the game plan. And I've said it myself, right? Do you prefer the four ounce or the old? And I love both. But I think it was this fight where I was like, you know what it is. At one championship, that you know, you hear them all the time. You have to go for it. You have to, and it's like you don't. So one championship now has been going on thirteen months, as far as the Friday fights, and you don't see heart like you do in one championship, especially the ties. Um, and I kind of maybe kind of slightly came to that conclusion. One championship is a show of heart. Maybe it's not the Muay Thai I'm used to, the Muay, the old school point system and the style and roll up your shorts and round four you do this and round one and two you do that. And and the game plan of the fight is great, but it feels like it feels like a, a draw to one championship is to show the heart of a Muay Thai fighter. Let me sh- I'm not saying that's healthy, by the way. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but... That's how I feel after watching that. Like the heart that you see from these fighters that go through that kind of fight is unmatched. It's unmatched. And uh, as a fight fan, I love it. As a martial artist, as I love it, as a, you know, even sometimes as a man looking for inspiration, you know, heart in yourself. Uh, sometimes these are a, a reminder, you know, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Go watch that fight. K-A-O-K-L-A-I. Kao Klai and Cha C-H-A-L-A-W-A-N. Chalawan. Go watch it. So fun. Other than that, guys, I was I'm trying to make these things 15 minutes, man. It's like almost like 9:30 p.m. here on uh Monday on family day. And uh I'm about an hour f- more than I was. I- I'll tell you what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to shorten these things to like a quick bing, ba 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 ba, and then kind of I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but you know, an, an update, a recap, uh, here's what's coming up, and then uh, having the long form like this for uh, uh, like guests. But I don't know. You tell me. You want me to shorten these and just kind of talk about one event at a time, or I don't know. You tell me. You're the ones listening to this. <laughs> anyway, a little water cooler talk uh, before we're out of here. Sajad. Venom, oh no, Sajad Satari back to the RWS. So he left, and, and we, I talked about him on a podcast uh, where I actually got to talk to him, and uh, where he lost his title, so stadium champ, um, to I think a relative newcomer or or last minute replacement, and then I think there was a next fight where where so he lost a decision which he he clearly should have won, and then the next fight was pissed that he didn't get a bonus for some reason. I don't know. So he, he felt that he was starting to now become fairly unfairly treated with the RWS and he wanted out. And so he went over to one championship. Didn't have the greatest looking debut, but that's okay. Broke his hand. So he hasn't fought since. And uh, I think just today or yesterday announced that uh, he's patched things up with the RWS Rajadamnon World, C- World Series and he's back. He's going to leave one championship and uh, go back to the RWS I love that there's competition between these two companies. And I'm also now starting to see some people are not suited for the four-ounce rule set. Some are. And and the other way, some do it better. Look at someone like Sexan, man. He, he's made for those four-ounce gloves. Um, 
and some are better at the traditional, although not so tra- There's still three-round fights at the RWS, but open scoring, but a, maybe a little more traditional tie boxing. Uh, I also, so anyway, so congrats. I'm, I'm happy to see Sajad back there. I, again, another guy who's got highlight after highlight from the RWS. Um, I don't, I, I would hate to see someone like that not be propped up at, at, like where, where he would be at the RWS. Um, and again, no talks of Nico Carrillo or uh, Liam Harrison and Sexen. And again, I, I wonder if that's a ploy. Like, gentlemen, let's not do this yet. It's a little too early. Let's get something announced first, and then you guys can go off to the races talking all the shit you want. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then just some fun boxing news. It looks like Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are finally uh, going to get after it. I don't like both fighters. I don't like Devin Haney. I don't like Ryan Garcia. <laughs> so I'll watch a highlight. There's no way I'm paying for 70, 80, whatever bucks it is to watch those guys fight. All right. Well, there you go, guys. So some one championship fight talk. Uh, the Mike Miles fight event on the weekend. Challenger fight series confrontation. Two one championship cards. Yeah. There you go, guys. That brings us to the end of family day. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm hoping to get Tim Lowe on here. Uh, maybe have to do a video on, on that one. Uh, yeah, Ram Villardo and hopefully a couple more. But in the meantime, we got one out. I'm going to try to keep doing these things on Mondays. I know I said that two years ago, and I've maybe done it three or four times. But here we are. Okay, guys. Enjoy family day. And uh, hopefully the podcast will get you through the, a tough work week. And uh, we'll see what brings uh, we'll see what next. Let me try that again. There's a podcast for you guys to help you get through the tough work week. And we'll see what next week brings. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Shadow Podcast. I can